As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It's time to talk about spoiling stuff. Woohoo! You have reached the uh, spoiler special for Ant Man. Uh, thanks for sticking around and or subscribing to the Sif Pop podcast so you can hear this. Uh, we are joined by Josh again from the Nether Region, singular, <laughs> to uh, continue to talk about Ant Man and get to the things we couldn't get to in the main section because we wanted to avoid spoilers. Because we like you and we don't want you to be spoiled when you're not ready. Unless you want to be. So we are going to be getting into major plot lines for Ant-Man. So hopefully you've already seen the movie and you just want to kind of get some more perspective. If you have any questions, comments, please leave them in the notes at the website or you can always leave you know, messages for us. We want to know your opinion too. So we always start off by having Danae... Describe the outline of the movie for us. So, Give us the play-by-play, Danae. What happened in this movie? Ant-Man is a redemption story. <laughs> nice. Of a father wanting to impress his daughter um, and win back her affections. Actually, her, the daughter really does love the dad. Yeah. I, I mean, I know I'm going to skip ahead a little bit here, but that little girl is so cute. Yeah, little, she was great. The little girl in this with her big beautiful brown eyes and her missing little teethies. I, you know, this isn't a spoiler, so I should say it, you know, during the regular show, But and I meant to. That whole family was great. Bobby Cannavale is is great. The stepdad. Judy Greer as the, the mom yeah, is great. Yeah, they did great. great. And they didn't have huge roles in... It was it was like the uh, the second time this summer that Judy Greer has been like a secondary character in a, a major movie, because she was the mom in uh, Jurassic World, too. Oh, oh I, didn't, right. I didn't see Jurassic World. I loved... I loved him. He he's one of my favorite. Um, like he's, I just think he's funny in everything he does. I like how they portrayed family in this movie, and I will I will give the backstory on this movie in just a second. But we're we'll we'll be jumping down bunny trails. As oh we sure, go on. that's what we do. Um, but I love how they portrayed this family. You know, you've got a single dad perspective. I feel like the media covers a lot of single mom perspectives, but we don't really see a lot of single dad perspectives. Mm-hmm. And so Ant Man, you know, he is a he's a dad that has been estranged from his girlfriend or whoever she was and the daughter that they had together. So the family dynamic in this is a dad who doesn't have access to a daughter, um, who has that kind of like single dad type feel, right? Where he's like. Yeah. The lonely father kind of figure. And then we have a really loving uh, whole family model here with a mom and a stepdad who loves the daughter, who is very affectionate towards her. Every every parent in this film really talks to this daughter in a very positive way. I loved that. And let's give it up for a movie that doesn't have to take the turn of the evil stepdad. Thank you. Know? you. And, yes. And, and is willing to say... 
you know, that he can be a nice person and is also still willing to have the conflict involved that comes with a step situation. So, you know, Paul Rudd's character talks to his ex-wife about their relationship and how it ended. And you can tell there's still hurt there. There's still, you know, love and respect, love and and longing there, too. And I I thought that was that was really well done. And by the end of the film, you have a very interesting resolution, too, where you have all of the families sitting together around a table. So what an interesting dynamic to have uh, two fathers, a mother and a daughter, all respectfully trying to be a good influence on a child. And that is such a great thing to see in a film because family dynamic is so diverse in today's culture. And there are going to be little kids who can really appreciate having a model like that to see in a Marvel film. So that really, really made me happy. So I'll back up. So this is a story of Ant-Man who is played by Paul Rudd. Mm -hmm. And um, we first are introduced to him as he is getting out of jail and trying to kind of restart his life and get away from a life of crime, which he's apparently a really great burglar. And we kind (laughs) of we kind of get to see him go through some burgling situations, which are really fun to kind of watch. Um, and Which is really funny that um, with those that all those different skills he had, that that's what he fell into burglary instead of like any number of very well paying jobs he could have. Right. <laughs> well, and it's, it's a clearly smart, like agile man. But you know what? It, it what it addressed. <laughs> is what that, this world needs is a smart, agile man. <laughs> honestly, what it addressed for me as I was watching that is that when you have a tarnished record, it is difficult to get a job. And it kind of touched a little bit on a culture of very smart, very intellectual, with with a lot to give the world. But once you've been to jail, the world doesn't give back to you. So this is that character, right? And like, can we give it up for the uh, Froyo manager? Baskin yeah, <laughs> Robbins manager. I guess it, was it wasn't Froyo. Funny, yeah. It was ice cream. Oh man, that scene in Baskin Robbins. Um, Oh, it was so brilliant. The guy's trying to order hot food. Yes. <laughs> yes. Anything hot and fresh. Anything hot and fresh will do. The pace of Dude. that, right then, you know, this is going to be good. Mm-hmm. I knew it right then. Yeah. I don't know. Because that whole pacing and the, the humor of that whole scene and the and the rapport between um, you know, Ant-Man and the the Baskin-Robbins guy who's like, man, it's so cool. You know, you're this really cool burglar and I, you know, I'm over you. <laughs> And it's like, oh, man, thanks for being so, you know, understanding. And then he's like, well, I mean, you're fired. But <laughs> so the pacing of all that yeah. humor through the whole film is just it, it rests inside that humor. It lets you live in that humor for just a little bit longer. So Hank Pym, who's the original Ant-Man, uh, then lures were led to believe. This was another part of the beginning that I had a little bit of issue with lures Paul Rudd's character, who becomes Ant-Man, to steal the Ant-Man suit and experience yeah. it on his own. This Through does, a very, con- very, very convoluted methodology right. that has room for a very large margin of error. Right, exactly. <laughs> when really just having that conversation could result in the same, you know, end game. So I, it's just it was really interesting uh, to to see. I don't know the way he chose to get him into the character felt a little off to me, but. Uh, I mean, it definitely was a stretch. It wasn't like something that's direct where he goes and he says, I know you want to get your daughter back. I have an answer for you. You know, he sort of, it was like a bait and switch. Mm-hmm. Type or, of or, thing. Even, or even if he did it the way he did it, where he set it up as a trap so that he sees a guy figuring out on his feet without, you know, not in a not safe environment. 
right? So, but without the the thing that the thing the problem was that uh, the hysterical montage oh, yeah. telling of the story, oh. which actually was was very funny. It was a blast, but it muddied up. That's what convoluted the the actual execution of the thing. Right. Whereas he could have done that in a much simpler way. Well, but at the same time, though, you know? he, the the mousetrap was so that we could see not only we the audience, but we're led to believe the original Ant-Man to see what he is capable of doing as a burglar. Because ultimately what he wants this new guy to do, this young, fresh Ant-Man who is trying to win back his daughter and get back into her life, ultimately what he wants to do is he wants to send him in to steal uh, the secrets of... Um, how, how do we get into that Shrink, part? Shrinkiology. Shrinkiology. So yeah, so Hank Pym had a protege <laughs> that didn't turn out all that well, who is now kind of the head guy at his company that he's been kicked out we'll of. We'll call him evil bald guy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he Not made... Lex Luthor. Yeah. Marvel, Marvel <laughs> evil bald guy. Yeah, yeah. He made, uh, he made his own prototype suit, but couldn't figure out how to shrink human tissue or organic tissue, tissue at, at all. all. Yeah. Uh, so he had the shrinkable suit, which he calls, I think, the yellow jacket. Mm-hmm. And uh, and but he can't figure out how to shrink human tissue. And so before he figures that out, they want to get in there and, and, and take that it. away. Because right off the bat, when we're introduced to the whole yellow jacket thing, uh, which is pretty early on in the film, actually, we're taken into this lab. And, you know, uh, this lab is um, uh, Officer. Pim, uh, what is his name? Professor Pym. What's Hank his, Pym. Hank Pym. Hank Pym, this genius Dr. guy, Pym. Dr. Pym. And so it's his lab as it's developed without his presence because he was booted out, which thank you for not giving us that information straight off the bat. Like that's something that they let develop later on in the mm-hmm. plot line. I did like how they, they gave out some of that stuff. Um, so this whole entire pl- place that's been developing without Hank being able to move people away from trying to figure out how to shrink people because – there's some negative side effects to shrinking people, and he himself knows those, and he's trying to keep the world from this very dangerous secret, getting mm-hmm. in the wrong hands kind of a thing. But his protege ends up undercovering some secrets, creating- Cross, right? Isn't that the character's Cross, name? Cross, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And Cross ends up you know, making the suit, and when they're showing us what the suit can do, it is 100% about killing people. <laughs> yeah, it's war. It's all It's all military. warfare, military. Application. Yeah, and that was interesting to watch because- they didn't use gore to show that they're killing people, but in that little like uh, promotional video that um, Cross is showing to mm-hmm. this prospective clients that are the coming sizzle in, the sizzle reel. Yeah, the sizzle reel. It was it was like whoa, you know, lending that same thing we talked about in the show proper, where it is ha- it has like a darker undertone. You know, there are people that we see lasered. Like it's not <laughs> gory, but like you know they're. They're not going to make into, it. It turns them into a little, uh, little, he, he little has, thimble full of goo. That was so gross. But we'll. And he wipes up with a tissue and throws in the toilet. He wipes up with a tissue and smears it on the ground. Like he's, yeah. it's like. But I, his, it's uh, his thing is like it's so gross because he doesn't even have contempt. He's no. just like. It's just a uh, second secondary nature for him. Like he doesn't have an opinion, good or bad. He's just like, oh yeah, this is what we do. We kill he, people. Yeah, he's a mad scientist. Oh, you're you know, get rid you're of washing it. your hands here. Let me hand you a tissue to dry them off with, yeah. of which I will take back and then clean you off the floor. I want to yeah. know. Th- yeah. This gets into my like, how did this get made? Kind of a thing. But like, I want to know how that goo was created. Like, what substances did they put together in their little, you know, special effects factory? 
to to make it look the way that it looked was it just cg i'm kind of hoping some of it was real residue because oh no it was real it that had, was I, so no wiped it that was real yeah that was oh, practical yeah. that was certainly practical it was interesting it reminded me of um uh, uh this is kind of gross but there uh, there's a movie that i don't know if i'm going to remember it it's about um china and uh, like the young emperor maybe do you guys it's a long ago film uh yeah was the it the young, spielberg movie the, young uh, em- the, the, the last emperor no the emperor yeah. uh the last emperor the last emperor maybe yeah i think oh, that's what it's called the last the last emperor maybe he, that's what it's called <laughs> he had like a pet m- mouse and at one point somebody takes it and just chucks it against this red door you're thinking you're thinking of the uh the michael jackson film ben i think is or the song what the mouse no Okay, no. go ahead, continue. And then, like, it... Uh, Last Emperor was the Spielberg one. Yeah, and so, and, like, it's it kind of, like, smears down, and there's, like, this residue left over, and it was so disturbing to me when I saw it. I'm, I was, like, teleported back to that when I saw that goo. Like, it was totally reminiscent of just, like, this kind of shock gore factor. But anyhow, so we're, we're inside this world. We're seeing that Cross is an evil, evil guy. We see him kill somebody by turning, trying to shrink him, but it goos him up and that's when we realize like that's his problem he can't shrink somebody because they all end up dying he actually ends up shrinking other living things too how horrible was that (laughs) for those of us but it's funny because like i'm sure some people thought the sheep was more horrible than a person yes you're talking (laughs) to her sheep was cute because the sheep was cute but the person was like Yes. It was a person. I was sitting next to um, a young girl, a young teenager probably, and we both were like really upset because this is this cute, pure white lamb. Like a lamb to the slaughter, <laughs> and literally. They, 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 they zoom uh. in on its beautiful little head and then spoink, it shrinks up and turns into goo. And she and I were like, ah. <laughs> it's like so disturbing. Um. I'm going to go on a bunny trail for a second, and com- I want to tell you guys something, what? Ha- to- something that happened in the theater. So I'm sitting next to this girl, right? And she's one of those people that she cannot keep her f- legs still. Restless leg syndrome. It's, yeah. It was at a, a clip. It was at a clip. It was like, bounce, 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 and I could not concentrate on the film. So I kicked her a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. I a little bit. I like crossed my leg, like one leg over the other, uh-huh. and I purposefully went way outside of like where you normally uh-huh. have to cross your leg, just to kick her leg, like just to get a little tap, just to see if that would stop it, and it <laughs> did. And I was like, oh, thank God that worked. You found the off button. It was so distracting. I could not concentrate for like the first. That's probably why I don't know what you guys are talking about because the first thirty minutes, I'm just like, I can't like. <laughs> Well, can I tell you, so I had an interesting, I, this might have played into my, this is, a, speaking of rabbit trails, uh, this might have played into my first act experience as well. I was not in a full crowd, but it was, I mean, there was a maybe half full theater, but they were so hungry and so ready to laugh, they were laughing like jokes were tens when the jokes were like fours or fives. <laughs> you know, when when they, when he comes out, he's like, well, you're I, I, under the radar, I won't, t- I won't, I'll check. I never saw if you want to get one of those mango slushies or whatever, whatever. Right. And then cut to, he's just walking down the street with the, with the mango slushie. It's funny. 
It's yeah. not tin funny. It's yeah. like, yeah. it's like, oh, I get it. It's yeah. not like laugh out loud. And it was uproarious. <laughs> so I was, uh, I was very distracted by, and it felt forced, right? It didn't feel like natural. It felt like an audience like, oh, this is the part where we're supposed to laugh, everybody. Come on, let's all get together and laugh. Okay, now we move on to the next moment. So it felt like there was a, it, some of the jokes felt forced in the first part of the movie. Not that they were actually forced, but because they were received forced. Does because that make sense? your audience was paid to laugh. Like you went to a, something. <laughs> the other thing that happened uh, was the lights came on in the in, oh, wow. in the beginning of the movie, and somebody actually got up and went out of the theater to go tell people. So that, that was, was our hero. That was our hero. That was our hero. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so back into the plot line. So back where, to the plot line. Yeah, where sorry. do you guys want to pick up from there? So, well, I mean, the rest of the movie is, is pretty much, you know, them trying to keep oh, that yellow jacket suit from, I guess from I, off. we should talk about just so how he gets there. So he, uh, Ant-Man is basically pulled into this sort of rabbit trail. He steals the suit. That's supposed to be like impossible to steal. He gets in, he steals it. He tries it on, and as soon as he gets the suit on, this is when things really pick up for me. Like, I am so enjoying myself. So he puts the suit on, and when he gets the helmet on and he shrinks himself for the first time, we hear the voice of the original Ant-Man going, all right, now you're in for it. Have a good time, you know? And so this is where we're like, oh, this is fun. Like, what's happening? How is this guy talking to him? And then we're, like, like, we're emerged in this world of – you know, mm-hmm. him discovering and freaking out about being tiny and we're on this like wild ride of him like falling into him like literally falling you know yeah. into this new life and this new structure so yeah. i i loved how the whole thing kind of and that's really when the movie kicks into that next gear and we get to see some sure. pretty fun stuff so. yeah it's it's a nice little um <clears throat> it felt like a, a like an effects reel in yeah. some ways you know oh, now we're doing the vacuum part yes. now we're doing uh, the yeah, you know yeah. this yeah. part you know and it's like but that's fine because you know it, it was his well, first experience and it does yeah it does it pays all that off and it's and it clears the stage yeah so that we can get to the more like because it's all fun and interesting but you can't pull that you know the third act of the movie you get it right. done, you get it out of the way so that we go on to more interesting no more crazier uh effects stuff yeah yeah because by the latter or part dire. of the movie we're seeing some really fun things with the shrinking i would love to talk about the bedroom scene whenever he's saving his daughter as one of those that's just so fun to see how they're using like this whole shrinking getting big kind of but that's like a big epic fight you know then we're towards the end another really cool yeah. shrinking thing is whenever he goes subatomic you know and we get to see some pretty cool trippy stuff like if anybody very 2001 Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's land there because this is one of the main things I wanted to talk about, and I mentioned it in the show proper. Uh, the subatomic plot line is to me the most telegraphed plot line yeah. in the movie. From the moment yeah. he mentions that his wife died going subatomic, everybody knows Ant Man yeah. is eventually going to have to go subatomic to save the day in some yeah. way. Or, like in, and I, you know, there's. Um, I don't know how you help that. I don't know how you solve that problem. I just felt like th- there should have been a way. And they mentioned it a couple times. Like, they bring it back a couple times. Maybe it's something you mentioned at the beginning and just let it let it rest until it happens, maybe. Um, I don't but- know. I think I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Like, I didn't think it was that spoon-fed. Yeah. That, maybe that was just-, just me. Well, see, I because my – I'm with you. I knew that it was coming. I knew it was spoon-fed. The issue was – what like we knew it was gonna happen. I mean, I knew it was gonna happen. 
So, but is that as big a deal as how does he get how does he get out of it whenever he's in that danger? Like, so yeah. it so it feels similar to me. Let me make this comparison. It feels similar to me uh, to the plot line to Big Hero Six. Okay, where his you know he lost his daughter into this universe beyond you remember the teleportation and she yeah. was in between the teleporters yeah. yeah yeah and if if you're thinking you think you know oh i bet you know big hero goes in there you know at some point but it was different it felt like it was delivered to us like we got to to figure it out in a different way whereas in this way it was like and i lost her in the subatomic and it was like oh okay i get it you don't don't mess yeah. with that regulator then you'll go subatomic and here's what happens you know it just it felt whereas in like yeah. big hero six that same kind of idea like felt more revelatory. But I feel like people, when they're going to pick apart a superhero that can shrink, it's like, well, how do you keep yourself from shrinking too far? Like that yeah. would be one of the first questions that, you know, someone's like, okay, but how do you stop from shrinking? So you have to have a regulator to keep you at a particular place instead of just continue to shrink and shrink and shrink and shrink and shrink. So, yeah. you know, I didn't mind that we had to, like, learn that there is a stopping point that this scientist has created in order pr to protect someone from going subatomic, meaning you're going to just shrink to the next atom and then you're just going to keep going and forever and ever. You're just going to keep, mm -hmm. you know, there's no stopping yourself from shrinking. To that quantum next. world or whatever yeah. they call it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I didn't mind that. And also, the you know, quantum verse, how he gets himself out of the subatomic. I didn't see that coming because I really wasn't thinking I was so long for the ride then. I wasn't trying to figure anything out. So well, I, no, I didn't see that coming either. But that's because that's that's just a giant plot convenience. Like that's there's there's nothing that was explained to us about like how sticking something in the regulator belt would like change well, it dynamically I, to do something. Well, I, yeah, and the regulator belt, I didn't get. I didn't understand. I mean, like, I get I get why they I get why they did it. But I I knew when he went down, I was like, well, as long as he's got those little spheres that make things big, he's right. fine. Yeah, that's oh, what yeah. I he thought too. Him. I was like, he just got to hit himself with a yeah, spear. Just, I didn't know he had to just, put it in his regulator belt or whatever. <laughs> So that maybe that would just look better than, oh, I'm better. You know, yeah, I maybe. don't know how that works either. You know, I didn't think yeah. about, like, I didn't think about why he put it in his belt, you know. You know, but don't you, there is like an element um, of life in general where things just sort of happen accidentally. You just try something to see if it works and it just works. You know, like a lot of the inventions we have are total accidents. Like, oh. That was not what that meant to be. You know, that's how we get most of our medication. You know, <laughs> like, oh, we were trying to do this and we ended up, you know, curing. Now we've got penicillin. So so there's like these things that happen in science that are just like you they just happen. And we have to kind of buy into that being OK in a Marvel universe. And sure. I, I'm not trying to like defend Ant-Man because I like it so much. Um, but I will tell you that I love this movie so much because it was so clever and fun. Like I really had a good time. Like I really. It was just a fun movie. Marvel yeah. does fun movies so well. I have to say, I I thought um, uh, since we're talking spoilers, um, one of the things I wanted to say earlier was my the the end the the end of the the one battle where he just hits him with the ping pong <laughs> paddle <laughs> and he flies yes. into the bug yeah. zapper. I kind of wanted that to be the end. Oh yeah, of Wa of Yellow Jacket. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I was satisfied that it was the end of the fight, but I thought, oh my gosh, like it, the balls if they <laughs> they had let it end in there. And I thought, and, and maybe even one, I was like, I wonder if like Edgar Wright's version, like this, what that was the end. <laughs> yeah. Now, don't get me wrong, I love the final the final battle scene. Um, I thought it looked amazing. I thought it was hysterical. Oh, it's hysterical. All the Thomas the Train stuff. Oh was, yeah. 
perfect. And, oh, and it's know, the toys the growing bit. Like it was a blast. Oh like, yeah, so was, yeah. So I'm glad it happened. But when I watched it, I was like, oh crap! I could have ended like that's like such a ten. Well, that well, that end of the battle scene, that joke was a ten for me. I was like, and I'm even out. before like, that, so that I mean that battle, that end scene, that end sequence of getting you know going in and infiltrating and blowing it up, and then we're in the. Uh, helicopter briefcase? and then the briefcase was awesome. Oh my gosh! With and then they hit the the cell phone. The like, Siri. It was oh yes, and we've got this music, and we're in the briefcase, and it's just that 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 is to me an, another example of why I love this movie so much. It was so inventive and so creative, and all of the ways that you can think about our world encasing these two little bitty heroes that are fighting it out inside of a suitcase and lasers shooting, and then they yeah. fall in a pool. And when that, I mean, I guarantee you that was Edgar Wright going. Oh man! Like the idea is like epic battle inside a suitcase, epic battle on top of a toy train. Epic yes. Ba- like, and and that's what was awesome about. I mean, like, there's just so there's so much that was awesome about that. That was just really really fun. Not to mention that you've got these hilarious moments between these human beings that are having these conversations. You know, you've got uh, P- Pim, Pim, mm-hmm. yeah, Doctor Pim. Then you've got his daughter. And then you've got, you know, this total stranger. Their dynamic was so fun to just, like, get in that world and be mm. like, because she was so the testosterone-ridden angst girl that mm. was just hoping. And there's such a backstory there. We don't know anything really about it, but then it kind of gets into a little bit, and you can see why she is the way that she is. And then, you know, then you've got him, and he's got nothing to lose. Oh, and that man. scene where he told her about what happened to her mom, is the perfect to me uh, combination of tones that 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 they you know tried to nail throughout the movie, where there's this um, great, genuinely affecting moment. Yeah. Where and it con- it comes on us as a surprise, like they walk in and all of a sudden he's telling her. Yeah. You know, there's no setup for it. It's time, and her performance is great, and they have this moment, and then Paul Rudd, you know, says something. Guys, that is so what I do in those right, moments. Right. I don't But like... it's perfect. Yeah. But it's perfect. And oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's just, yeah, the whole movie has kind of that, you know, that tone combination to it. And, and it works perfectly, same, especially towards the end. Same can be said for my favorite, which is the kiss scene. Thank yeah. you. Thank you that we don't have to have these mushy lead ups to the start of a relationship. We can just come across it all of a sudden when the door opens. And I loved that so much. That was such a such a relief to come at something that we've seen so many times in movies like blah 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 yes they're attracted to each other blah 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 yes they make a good couple blah 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 yes we want them to get together because you know they're great and they're fighting crime and all this stuff but like just to give it a totally fresh start for us the audience and not really have to spend any time just milking all the goo goo blah blah oh so good Uh, yeah (laughs) I have to say too that I think that that's what that makes this thing feel more like an ensemble piece instead of a, a, a one star piece is because all of these actors have this moment where they're where they're the outsider or that we're relating to somebody different. And so in that moment we're we're with her like the dad in that yeah. moment opens the door and it's like, oh, like <laughs> they've had a whole secret moment. Yes. You know, like the so it's like, oh, if it were if it was just about one of them, we would have been with them for that whole moment. But we're about these guys. In the same way, like with uh like you're talking about with uh, Pim and his daughter, like that moment that they have and then Paul Rudd like <laughs> walks in on it at the last minute and it's like oh you know if again if he was truly the main character and only star like we would have been with 
him watching the whole thing, you know, and his perspective. And so they just, I, I thought that, that, I think that's one of those, those elements that made it feel like everybody had, you know, everybody was important piece of the puzzle and they could, they had their own world, their own universe. Yeah, I totally agree. I had one more. One more. Bring it on. I have one more huge moment for me. And it's playing to what you just said, where everyone had their moment, whether it was the outsider or whatever. When we see, when we see, uh, what's her name? What's the daughter's name? Do we, I don't remember her name for some reason. I don't know. Eventually she becomes what the wasp or whatever. That, but uh, uh, for, a fu- for a future Paul movie. Paul daughter or yeah, uh, Pim's daughter? P- Pim's daughter. Evangeline Lilly. That's fine. We, we know who you're talking Hope. about. Hope. 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 Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So when we see her get to the moment where she sees that suit. Second uh, credits. I was so excited. And part of it is because, like, this character has been sort of the rejected character throughout the film. You know, the person who wants to be accepted and wants to be seen as somebody who can be strong and go out and, and, you know, win the day. And they have all of the skills. And you see through this movie that she has every skill that a superhero might need. But is never really allowed that opportunity to shine. But we see her shine in, in very for, for wonderful ways. For a very real and valuable story reason, too, yes. which I love. I did, too. It wasn't yeah. just, you're a woman, you know. Yeah. It it could have that tone to it a little bit, you know, that she's a woman. But it didn't go there. It went to, you know, the father's trying to protect her. And I love that Paul Rudd takes a moment, he says in that, that you realize I'm the, dispen- I'm the one that's expendable. expendable. Yeah. And that was, so all of that played well to itself. But when she is able to all of a sudden really allow herself to believe that she's about to come into her power, the way that Evangeline Lilly like gave that performance through her eyes was so like I got electric chills. And I don't know if it's because I've experienced stuff like that in my life, like where it's like where someone offered you an incredible shrinking suit to become a superhero. <laughs> I know it happens so often after your mother had had died. Yeah, just because of I that mean, exact who, who I hasn't can gone relate that? so to that moment, you guys. So anyway, I I loved that. Yeah, we also need to talk cool. about the other end of the movie thing too. Uh, before yeah. We, before we go on, yeah, I think there's two two things before we finish up. One is Josh, you had mentioned uh, something specific during the show, and I'm trying to remember. I think it was, yeah, it was. I I didn't like. I liked that they. I liked that Falcon was in this, but Falcon, I did not. Yes. I did not like the way that scene went down. Really? Why? He because he looked like he was the victim of a Three Stooges fight scene, as opposed to like. I just I didn't like the way it made him look. It, I mean, not that he was getting beat up all over the place, but I, I, just, I don't know. I, it maybe undercut it was, him a little bit for you. Yeah, it did. Like turned him into the uh, uh, a joke character a bit. A foil. And I don't think, and I don't think he is, and I don't think Marvel plans on him being that either. But for like for this movie, it served their purposes to like kind of make him the butt of a. He's kind of the butt of a joke. Yeah, in a way, I can see what you're saying, but I I don't know how they would have done it differently. Uh, maybe they just would have made it more of a fight. I mean, it was a pretty good Ant-Man fight. Ant-Man did. It care- wasn't a bad fight. I I I think the making it and I, I get like making it lighter so that we're never really in fear of anybody's like right. life. Right. I get that, but I wonder if maybe maybe it's because I'm 
protective of Falcon hmm. specifically. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't like my, I, I don't, this is, this is a side note. This is totally personal, but um, you know, you guys both know my son is, is biracial and it's really hard to track down and find cool superheroes that have different color skin than, you know, Captain America proper or whatever. Um, and so like that's one of our quests and you know we've even been uh, we we get the 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 new comic book the all new captain america comic book that actually has sam wilson as the new captain america which is all it's all very it's very cool um but we're always on and that's why i'm excited about the next avengers movie even because now we've that's got cool. you know yeah. war machine and you know falcon right so i I'm protective and I don't think that I'm not, I don't think it was a race thing or anything like that. I I just think that I, I have a softer spot for that character and to have him thrown in the movie as like, Oh, we need a foil for this scene as opposed to like, and also also they, they end it with, you know, the nobody tell cap about this. Yeah. You know, which emphasizes his subservience and, you know, that but kind I of thing. But I think that, I didn't think that at all. Maybe I didn't in the moment. Because, well, first of all, Falcon wears something that can be destroyed by a small thing. And yeah, that's important. The, but the, I don't think the logistics of the battle even bothered me. I just didn't, I thought he played it little, I, I thought... He, he was directed to play a little out of character for Falcon. Like it was a little bit com. It's, it was a little bit comic, right? It had that yeah. like little comedy yeah, type yeah. feel to it. Maybe like that's yeah, and that, it wasn't maybe that's yeah, yeah. But a guy who's not like maybe it's because he's a non. He's a, he's playing in a comedy movie. After right. the last time we saw him, like it was a heavier. Yeah, well, I guess not Avengers, but like you talk about Captain America two, and it's a it's a overall it's a darker movie. Yeah. And, I can see I what know, you're saying. I, I can see it. I didn't see it then, but, but I, I can see in hindsight what you're saying. I was glad to see him, though. In fact, when he showed up, the crowd cheered. Um, but I, I would say that I was excited to see him because I felt like we need to see more of him to prepare for him being in these other movies. Like it was, yeah. an, it was nice to be reminded like he's a strong character. I, they could have picked anybody else, but they picked him, and I was glad that they yeah. picked him. So the other thing that I wanted to yeah, talk me about, too. So I just, yeah. I, I wish that. Yeah, I see what he you're was. saying. I wish, he had, I wish it hadn't been such a comedy. I just yeah. would rather. Uh, maybe that's what it was. I just maybe. felt like he's really... not a com- like he's not a comedian. Why is he a comedian in this movie? Because <laughs> it's a comedy. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention before we go, and we need to finish this up because we have literally talked Danae's computer to death. Uh, it oh. might die. On <laughs> it us, might die on so us know. at any second. Um, so, but the other thing was that the references. I didn't know if there were any others we wanted to talk about. I, my favorite's right at the beginning. Maybe not my favorite, but what I loved was seeing Agent Carter older. Yes, yeah. I, I thought love that was great. Her. I thought that was I just right off the bat. I was yeah. just like, yes. Thank you, and Marvel. Creepy CGI. Um, oh, weird. Um, yes. I thought like it was, was pretty good. Real. I didn't think it was that oh, I creepy. Did too. I was just I... it was creepy because I knew he doesn't look like, like that. Wrap my brain around it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I was like, did he Botox? What's going on? <laughs> you know, I wonder like if they just they must have done something, you know, to kind of make him appear younger. And they did a great job because I was like, I know this guy. Who is this guy? Why does his face look strange? Oh, it's because it was. All yeah. right, now I'm in. So it was actually Michael it's Douglas. Like, it's like it's like Chris uh, Chris Evans as skinny. Yes, Captain America. Skinny Captain Captain. America. Yeah. Uh, another Steve fun Steve Rogers, thing, like, skinny Steve. I didn't like that either. That was weird. Um, another cool <laughs> reference was in the movie whenever Ant Man's like, "Well, if you gotta go and get the yellow jacket, why don't we just call the Avengers?" 
Yeah. And that was yeah. fun. That was a fun uh, reference. Yeah, also, I love that stuff. Also, love the Titanic reference. Mm-hmm. That was hilarious. Uh, some Spider-Man references, which is nice to see now that they've yep. got him back in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yep. Yeah. So, our, yeah. um, our world cheered. Uh, our audience cheered at the reference of we've got somebody who can climb a wall. We've got someone who can do – like everyone's like, yeah. So that was fun. Yeah. Um, did you like the ending? I just – you know, just real quickly, 7% battery. We had 10 <laughs> just a moment ago. So did you like the ending to the movie? What specific – you mean ending like proper the literally or the ending credits? proper. Not the credits, just the ending. Did you like how it ended? Um, boy, uh, with the family around the table, or was there something after that? The very end is when we have that montage again, referencing a person who told a person about a job. Oh, a person. that he's going to be in the event. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He'll be like in that? civil. He'll be in civil war, right? Is that what they're insinuating? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I mean, he's, and that he's was on, he's already on IMDb for it too. It's not a secret. Okay. And 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 it was it was also the first credit sequence was about that too with Captain America and, and Hawkeye and. and no, it wasn't Hawkeye. It was uh, Falcon. Falcon. Oh, I mean, sorry, Falcon. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And uh, and Falcon says, "I know a guy." You know, and that's that's a reference to, to the movie. To the movie. So yeah. yeah. So. I heard I heard somebody going, "Bucky, dude, what are you doing? Is your arm <laughs> stuck in a machine? Like, what's going on?" So yeah, that'll that be kind of curious. I mean, I got that they they were pre- setting it up for Ant Man to come back, but I didn't understand like what why did they need Ant Man to save Bucky from this? Like, <laughs> why are they like does what Bucky do they need, need him saved? for that like, they can't do themselves? Yeah, or, what was I didn't understand, but the scenario, but that's all right. Oh, me also, either, I, sh- I should mention when uh, the reason for not calling the Avengers was also brilliant and tied to story, which I love. Oh, yes. which is yeah. that his reason was he doesn't want Stark having you know another Stark having access to one of his yeah. inventions, which that's yeah. that's. Pretty Perfect. That makes perfect sense. That's it legitimate. Because that's that's a huge complaint uh, of the in the Marvel universe. Like that's the that's a becoming more of more of a complaint. Well, why would you have just Captain America when you can have everybody or whatever? And so to actually physically address it, like, well, this guy keep a secret or whatever. He was like, no, it's I buy that. Yeah, yeah. and that complaint also comes across with like Agents of Shield too. Like as they're trying to find more and more ways why. They're handling these things themselves instead of with, you know, actual superheroes who could do it easily, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. yeah. And that's another reason why I just think that Ant-Man hit all of the levels. I mean, they really did touch on Marvel and uh, the pre-existing characters, the world as we are knowing it right now, and a standalone movie with new people all working well together They d- with humor and Thomas the Tank Engine. I mean, it was just so fun. That was the best joke yeah. in the movie for me because of the setup and payoff of that joke was just brilliant. That they yeah. had two instances of the tank engine going from, you know, tiny, you know, where it's all explosive and big and then zooming out. So they yes. had the one where he gets hit by the train yeah. and it just kind of clinks off. <laughs> yeah. And the other yeah. one where they throw it and then it backs out and just kind of clink, clink, clink on the window windowsill. Window and then they pay it off by reversing it and oh, having yeah. it land on the police car and then the eyes rolling. That was by far the, the best joke payoff for How me. many of you, a raise of hands listening to the podcast and also in the room at the moment, knew that the tank on the um, keychain was a real tank? I didn't. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I actually knew. didn't. I knew that. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know, but I hoped. The first time I saw it, I was like, that's a real tank. <laughs> well, I thought about it whenever he got through airport security with yes. it because I'm like, they wouldn't let you through security with something. I've had like little toy keychains before and they 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 won't have it. Let like, alone a working tank. No, no, no. It looks tank. like a weapon at all. We don't. <laughs> even if it looks like a toy tank, like we don't let you through. But I loved how they left the 
little keychain element tied to the end of it. Yes, you know, that was the brilliant part. So, so good. good. So I here's did not the, expect that. So that yeah. yeah, I didn't expect that either. Here's the uh, here's the main spoiler. Uh, spoiler alert: We all loved the movie. I think at the end of the yeah. day, it was it was a lot of fun. So despite a few flaws that that we saw, it was good stuff. So thanks for tuning in to the spoiler special. We always have a great time doing it, and uh, we look forward to doing it again next week. Yep, we'll be and, doing it again uh, next week, next Friday, twelve o'clock is the live show. If you want to tune in, the spoiler will always be in the feed when we release the full podcast so it'll be released on saturday and we are reviewing pixels Mm -hmm. so if you want to see the movie and play along with us chat in the mixler app we would really appreciate that so so thanks for joining us now i've got to go mind control some insects to flavor my coffee (laughs) (laughs) we didn't even talk about that we didn't even talk about the ants As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.